0: The floor. To the floor. Oh, What's
1: are going to do? With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. The first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota
0: Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut.
1: your bi-weekly WNBA podcast, brought to you by Outlet Pass and Sportethos. Just me and Bailey this week. Bailey, how's it going?
0: It's going pretty good. How are you, Corey?
1: Doing good. It's a Monday. It was rainy as all get out here. but yeah, it's rainy here too. A lot of, uh, if it, it, like, I know that I follow a lot of people from Detroit because of the Pistons. I know that they were getting hit with snow, so I guess I can't complain too much. I mean, yeah, it was 30-something and rainy here, but... I'm not like I know I can get snow in my birth week. This is this is the week of my birthday, mind you. Um so I know I can get it. I just don't want it. So as long as that holds out, I'll be good. Um but yeah, other than that, everything is everything is good. We're somehow already into season preview week. I, I can't yeah. like it's the weird thing. It feels like the offseason's been going on forever, but also I mean, pre-recording, you mentioned that it's, like, 18 days or something until the season starts, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe we're here already. Like, it it feels like – I guess that the issue for me, and it's not even an issue. It's just the reason why it feels so weird to me is that I'm so used to other sports where the draft and training camp and stuff like that are months before the season, and this is three weeks. So I'm like, wait, I just learned who's on which team. What are you talking about the seasons in a few weeks?
0: But here we are. Yeah, and and with the W, at least in my time being a fan – it's like season ends and those first couple weeks you're left wanting more and wanting more. And then it gets to the the stretch that's just like, oh, this is taking forever. Then you get to that like month and a half-ish out. And it's just like, oh, that's six weeks and three days feels like. And now we're here. Yeah, it
1: doesn't help that this comes at the uh, <laughs> the funny time where I'm counting down to my wedding as well. So like I'm also looking at the, the like the days until that. And I'm like, ooh. Wait, the W season starting. I know I'm getting married around the finals of this year.
0: <laughs> That's soon. Yeah, so your, your countdown birthday to start and wedding to end. That's well, one's
1: like six, one's six days away, and the other one's 145. So a little bit of a difference, but you you feel the energy.
0: The the concept here is the same. The the yeah. time difference is substantial.
1: Oh. As excited as I am to get married, my finances will tell you they wish it was a little bit more substantial, but we're getting off topic. Uh, we're getting into that real life stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week starts our preview week, our preview weeks. We're going to do four teams a week for the next three weeks, building up to the season. Um, this week, we are covering the four teams that missed the playoffs. But before we get into that, I kind of wanted to uh, just kind of update everyone. The bracket finalized today, uh, I don't know, Bailey, if you even saw it yet, that our Bracket that we've been doing for the better part of the last month went final and Brittany Griner was the winner. I don't know if that's support for everything that's going on with her or the people think that she's going to be better than Candace this season or what, but Brittany Griner over Candace Parker in the finals was not something I necessarily saw. I'll take the win though. I got Brittany Griner with the fourth pick, so I'll take the win where I can get
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. I have no issue with that. That's a strong winner. I mean, Obviously, given the circumstances, you appreciate it a little more. But, you know, even when she's active and available, and hopefully she will be for at least part of the season, you know, still one of the best players in the league. It's not like she, you know, that gave her any type of extra bump. But hopefully, you know, we'll see her in the league this year at some point in time. That would be preferred.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty telling that those are two of the players. Well, Kalia Copper won the Finals MVP.
0: I think it's pretty telling; those are two
1: of the players that like carried Finals teams last year to an extent. So I think that's kind of cool that it, it ended up breaking that way. But so let's get into it. For some team, for some people, if you've been listening to us in recent weeks, months, whatever, these are teams we've been talking about a decent amount just because for three of the four of them, they were the ones that were the focus on the top of the draft, and we've been doing a lot of draft coverage here. Let's get started with the Indiana Fever. I I find them fascinating. I don't know if it's because, uh, like, as, as a draft person in both leagues, I, I'm intrigued by the youth movement or what, but I do think that despite how little people want to give them credit for finally choosing a path, I think we're seeing them finally choosing a path, and it's an interesting one. 6-26 um, and 26 last year, worst record in the league, but honestly there was a lot of times where I felt like they were – I'm not going to say they were competitive enough to be a playoff team, but more competitive than that. They have wins against Connecticut. They were definitely interesting. Uh, What they're most known for from last season is moving on from Lauren Cox in the middle of the season, uh, Kaiser Gondrasek after the season, and then they traded Tierra McCowan in the free agency period. So you've seen them now move off of all – I believe it's all of them now or at least the last three picks under Tamika Ketchings, who is also gone now. so a lot of turnover here. It's very tough. Like a lot of these teams that we get into in the coming weeks, we're going to be projecting forward based on what we saw from last year, growth from last year, seeing these players play together. There's not a lot of that with this team. They waved them at Cannon. They moved on from Jontel Lavender. It's really just uh, Daniel Danielle Robinson, Tiffany Mitchell, Kelsey Mitchell, and the draftees. I like the pickup of Jasmine Jones. I think that's actually a low key. Like if, if you're going to be bad, take a chance on somebody type of deal. We talked about the draft a lot last week. It, to you, is the, the draft picks the most interesting thing, or is there something else there that you find interesting about what this team is doing?
0: Well, I think, like you mentioned, choosing a direction was huge for the Fever. Embracing that they're not going to be a championship team, embracing that they may not even be a playoff team. Like, when you get into that cycle in a league, in any league, you have to accept it and embrace it, and that's when it turns around. I think that's exactly what they're doing. They move some of their older players. Tara McCowan was an interesting move, but you get, like you mentioned, the first round and you pretty much run the first round and you come out with all these draft picks and you have space for most of them. I'm not going to say all of them because I don't know off the top of my head. And you snag Bria Hartley in as a pickup. You got Jasmine Jones who, while her skill set may not, Really move the needle for them as much. I think the intangibles she will bring will be huge because I know she's going to play a lot of passion, a lot of pride, which is something that, let's be honest, the Fever kind of lacking at times. So, well, she's
1: been through a season like this, right? Even though it was the bubble, like
0: right. She's right. already
1: she's. It's not like she's coming into this with any sort of
0: mis like
1: misconceptions about what this is going to be. This looks like that Liberty, not like in terms of like exact profile, but the level of. Use right. it an experience. This is like that Liberty team that she was on two years ago,
0: right? And she she'll you know she'll still embrace it. And I think, well, I wouldn't. I don't even think I know she'll be a fan favorite because regardless of how not great they are at this time, the Fever have good fans. Mm-hmm. Indiana's a basketball state, and she'll be a fan favorite. I mean, we'll get memes, we'll get reaction photos, we'll get plenty of gifs, gifs, whatever, you call it, however you say it from Jasmine Jones this year. So I, I'm looking forward to that. And then we talked about their draft. They drafted seven players and I think they really knocked that out of the park, especially with four of the seven being players, I think will probably not even really be questioned for being on roster. And then the others having a strong chance and, you know, they established a direction coming out of the catchings era And I think I think that's the most important thing and the most interesting aspect of it.
1: Yeah. So if you would ask me, and I'm not trying to harp on this, but I think it's important to kind of like outline because it was the way that it was how I ended up changing my outlook on it. So that's why I'm explaining it. If you would ask me after the Lexi Hall pick, when you and I are sitting here on Zoom laughing and you're making memes and everyone on Twitter is burning it down. I would have been a little bit more skeptical, but if you look at it in the sense that they're taking a lot of swings at what's there. And then I, I don't know if I know enough about Allie Patrick, but I feel like I learned enough about Amisha over the last week or so. And say what you will about Destiny Henderson. I, I know that a lot of people, Carissa included last week mentioned that, well, yes, yeah, she didn't go higher because you you were seeing her best games at the last, at the last possible moment. I think if Lexi Hall is the worst of these players, like somebody had to be the worst among the five in the top two rounds. Right. If she brings a skill set that fits around them, which it seems like she does. I'm fine with you drafting a role player in that. Like, I mean, you can't look at this in a draft, like a draft sense where it's like, well, everyone you draft in the first round it's going to be a star. I think that there is some level of cohesion in the first five picks. Like realistically, I think that they could play together. And Whenever, like, Not that you have to draft for fit, but whenever you're a team like this, it's essentially drafting an entirely new roster, drafting a team that looks like it could actually play together for some amount of minutes. Yes, you're going to get cooked because they're all rookies, but some level of they could grow together. That's interesting to me. And I, like, that's why I don't mind Alexa Hall pick as much in retrospect because was there better value on the board at that time? Maybe. But I do think that the fit is very interesting. I, I, I love Melissa. I do think it's interesting I say interesting a lot. I'm realizing, but I do think it's kind of intriguing that um, so you're seeing all these training camp pictures from the last couple of days, right? With training camps getting started, the only fever person I've seen is Destiny Henderson, which is interesting because they took four people in the first round, and the only one I'm seeing is Halle. So I don't know how they're going to market this or build this or if they're going to do something like the core five or the core whatever. Uh, to me, the biggest question right now is how long is Kelsey Mitchell on this team?
0: I think that's a good question.
1: I don't see you don't see a ton of in-season trades in the W. I mean, at least not since I've been cover, since I've been covering. Admittedly, those are seasons that are marred by COVID and a bunch of weirdness and stuff like that. Is the in-season trades a, a common thing in the W at all or what do you what, what, what can you shed light on that?
0: Uh really. I can't think not a substantial one. I would say I can't really think. I mean, she last be substantial. Right. Cuz you remember I mean, we had like the Dana Evans mood sure. and things. Um, but of substantial level, I can't really think of the last. I would have to go back and look on across the timeline or something because I really can't remember the last one. But before we get too far away from the draft picks, I just want to ask you a quick question a, pl- a player comp I was kind of thinking about. So we all scratched our head with Lexi Hull. What do you think her if you had to give a ceiling comp in the W? Because I've been thinking about this and I know very little about her but I know she can shoot and play the heck out of some defense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I, have, I haven't watched
1: enough film to like actually compare them. but. Right. So I'll say this. Um, I don't know if she actually profiles like this player, but I think that it, in her peak, if Indy was to get out of her everything they wanted, the so in, in a few years where they have other people on the roster, or whatever, like 20, 2023 20, picks, 2024 20, picks, if Lexi the stone on the roster and hitting her peak role – I think of something like a Raquan Williams.
0: Okay. Okay. I I was thinking somewhere kind of in the same boat. I was thinking Allie Quigley.
1: I could see that. I,
0: really I would, great shooter, really strong, just bench presence, really smart, kind of plays in the system. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know how accurate that will be, but the thought crossed my mind just knowing – because I saw her in a few games. You know, she played in the West Coast and late nights and stuff. I didn't see everything, but – it's been floating around my brain. I wanted to ask your opinion on that when we got here.
1: Yeah. And maybe this is me trying to. I'm really cool. I was in the, I was on the call, but like whenever I was in the call and, and, and Lynn Dunn was talking about her, cause that's, I should have really taken, like I didn't take good enough notes. And some of it was because I wasn't really paying attention to some of the people who I thought were going to be second and third round picks. But she talked about Lexi Hall and the way she talked about it was exactly what you were saying was that she could be this strong situational defender, This this, this, sniper and not have to do much else. And if that's the rule you're looking for her, well, I do, like I said, I don't know that I necessarily think the value of where you drafted her is commensurate to that. Whenever you think of who else was on the board, that's a really valuable player. And if she does hit that ceiling, then yeah, it's you're, this is not something that's going to be in running for rookie of the year or something like that. Not every draft pick has to be. I think if she is somebody who can stick on a roster and play those two roles, that could be really – like, I, I really like that pick for them if, that, if it works out like it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to sneak that in there before we got too far. But back to potential Kelsey Mitchell moves. She's a veteran on this team now. <laughs> yeah. And she's still, she's still not very far into her career. Right? She's younger than you, isn't she? I think we're about the same age. I'll confirm her age in a moment. I think she's like well, – one year older than me. But while we confirm that, yeah, she's one year older than me almost to the day. Um, but she's only been in the NBA or WNBA for like, what, four years? Uh, I think she was 2018 draft. Yeah. Like super young, but has already established herself as one of the best scorers in the league. A decent two-way player, a decent play. Like a, a player, while she hasn't had a lot of winning, is a winning built player like that's that's a player that a winner could need. like you put her you put her on the aces last year or you put her on the mercury last year or you put her on pretty much any playoff team or well, even I've, if you put her
1: i was gonna say if if uh, and i'm come around more you you joke about me you'll see whenever my article and my on my thread comes out in a couple weeks but i've come around more to courtney williams but if you put tiffany mitch sorry kelsey mitchell in the role that you just moved Courtney Williams into in Connecticut. Right. Buddy. That's because she's the first one that I've really started, the other than Courtney Williams, because I owe the bet. that I've really started the film threads on for the, the, the coming season. Uh, for anyone listening, I will be doing some film articles for the W coming up. So keep an eye out on outlet pass. Uh, she was one of the first ones I really dug into because I didn't really want to, like, I wanted to focus on a player from each team. And in case you couldn't tell by the way we're talking, there's not many people on Indiana that were, like big contributing players last year, but Kelsey Mitchell was, and I feel like she's like this forgotten, could be all-star. And a lot of people just think of her in this Courtney Williams, Agumba, Wale mold of just gunner. And there's a lot more there. It's a lot of pesky defense, a lot of getting out in transition, some really smart passes. And a lot of the times that like, you're looking at these passes, and they count as a turnover for her or as a pass out of bounds for her. But what it really is, is she's throwing dimes, and the players she's playing with aren't ready put her in a situation where she's thrown that pass to an Asia Wilson or to a John Quill Jones or you pick pick your MVP of the league where she's able to be a complimentary player as opposed to having to be the best player on the team. I feel like someone's going to eventually poach her from here. And it makes sense for Indy to move on from her as well. They're moving into another generation. And like, like we said, this draft class is impressive, but what they're adding in the next two draft classes is really going to hammer at home just everything that they're doing. So I understand that she might not have a place with this organization in coming years, but I do think that you're going to see a player that is a potential second or third star on a team that could really be a championship contending team. She's just not on the team right now.
0: Yeah. the She's proven herself to be capable of being the one option, but I also think her one option in Indy would more likely transcribe to a two- a to B option on another team, a more properly built team. And wherever that may end up, I can't wait to see, because I think she can really contribute to winning. And I mean, again, she's young. Um, there's there's a chance that maybe she sees it through an indie. There's a chance, but. This I, is favorite question about the team. And it, this
1: is someone would say that I'm being a hater. and I know she was just going you know, to be a Hall of Fame inductor and inductee into this year. Not who do you think will last longer? Who would you rather see last longer in, Indi- in Indiana? Mary Ann Stanley or Kelsey
0: Mitchell? Kelsey Mitchell.
1: Because I'm, I'm all the way in and I would pull the plug now. I, I just, all oh, due Mary respect. Ann? Yeah, I just, I don't get the vibe that she's there for, like, She's been there for a rebuild because it have been bad for so long, but I just don't get that vibe. And I don't I'm not gonna blame her for all of the issues with rookies in years past, but yeah. eventually you have to get somebody in there, one of these younger coaches that is speaking to the younger talent. You're seeing Atlanta do it, you're seeing uh it's not like the, it's not a tank situation, but you saw Seattle do it. Like I, I think that Becky's a little like a little bit older than some of the other coaches, but you're seeing even Vegas do it. I just think that unless you're one of these like I mean, let's be real. Let's keep it a buck. If you're, unless you're Mike T. Bolt or Sheryl Reeve, I think it's you're seeing a new generation of coaches take over, and I think that it's fascinating to see. And I don't like that Indiana, which is supposed to be ostensibly one of this next generation teams, sticking with somebody from ten years ago.
0: Yeah, and I mean Marion Stanley's a proven good coach. Yeah, she's got got a good track record. But I'm not hating on the resume; I'm
1: hating on the future.
0: Right. No, I, I understand completely. I think. When you do such a change of the guard on the roster, I do think oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes the coach falls in line with that. I think this is an instance where maybe that is what's best, especially when I see someone like Walt Hopkins floating around. I would love him. Not that I think he's
1: an exceptional coach, but I just think he would – fit them so much. Not, I, I, I agree. I don't want he's the exact answer, but I think he's a better fit.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and I thought what he was doing in New York had good potential, but they, I mean, if you get the option to go from him to Brondello, you take it every time. I get it. But also, I do think that he will likely end up somewhere else, even if it's just as an assistant, and, and he would be a good spot for that.
1: Yeah. That's just if it, between wanting to see the young talent and what I just, that that's, that seemed to be like the last straw for me. I, and it's from a team building perspective. I don't like when, I think it's always just messy when you remove the, the executive, but you don't remove the coach because you know, and I know Lynn Dunn might be a little bit of a different situation, but you just have to assume that the executive is going to want to have their person in place. So it, it, it creates a su- sort of like limbo situation. I think if you're molding young talent, you don't really want to, There are already enough limbo as it is. You don't want to create extra variables of chaos. You know what I mean? Right. We'll get into this more when we do the overall league preview, when we do standings and stuff like this. But as the host, I have to ask the, the one question that I'm going to that, that end. I'm not going to ask where you think they finish in the standings for every team, but I think that for this one, you assume this will be the worst team in the league again this year, correct?
0: I assume they'll be the worst team in the league, but a, mo- a lot more watchable in a yeah. way. Like you said, a lot more exciting. And also, I just think it'll be a much better losing season, if that makes sense. They can win less
1: games and be a lot more exciting.
0: Right. For the future and
1: I, in as a product.
0: And I I don't – I'm not going to say they won't get blown out, but I don't think they'll get blown out as much. I, I, would, I, I don't know. I think – I think it'll be one of those good losing seasons where, you know, fans are allowed to see the potential of their team. And even us as not solely Fever fans, but as fans of the whole league, we'll see like the Fever coming back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm. It feels very, to do the cross-league compar- comparison, Thunder asked where it's like, you can fall in love with these young players now. I'm not going to tell you they're all going to be here in a couple of years because we've got at least two more draft classes where we're going to probably not have four first-round picks, but be one of the major players in that draft. And the next couple of drafts are supposed to be even better than this draft was. So at least enjoy the top. ride, enjoy the growth. And I do think that in a couple of years it's going to be – and by a couple of years, I probably mean like three years. It's going to be very fun to be a Fever fan if this goes according to plan.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It'll be – they're setting up for an enjoyable return to glory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, definitely. And it's interesting,
1: again, to make the cross-league cross comparison. It's, it's coming at a time where it's probably good to be a tanking team, right? Because you have these – where in the NBA right now, it was like last year's class was okay. You had the Cades, you had the Immobles, you had the whatevers. But then this year it was supposed to be pretty high on if you like home and Palo and all that stuff. And the next year is when you get victor. This, like, and in and, and stuff, and then in this league, it's like, well, you like this year with uh, with Alyssa Ryan, Howard, Ryan. And Mel- Melissa Smith, but yeah. we got Paige and Caitlin and 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 oh, yeah, Boston, oh, yeah, Boston. coming up. Like, there's, there's a lot of like future faces of the franchise at uh, Haley Smith. Like, it's just, I think that they're in a place where they can they've set themselves up by bottoming out to be players in the next in five years from now which is not the worst place to be if you're going to be bad you might as well have a that strategy
0: right and I, I think to your point like these drafts come out have a lot of star power they'll have a lot of ideally a lot of fans pouring in with them because these are really high high ranked college players and well-known college players but also i think after looking a little further i don't know if they have the depth of these drafts
1: mm-hmm. so, so you want to like, be at the
0: top you want to be at the top so like the top six, seven picks will be really good and really good to have both as players and, you know, just facing franchise and yeah, marketing and things. And then from there, you'll have to do a little bit more strategizing or whatever, but if you're in that top six, seven, or maybe even the first round by it's all said and done with players growing and developing maybe even then, but they're in, they're in a good position. It's crazy how a quick change at GM and, One offseason just really changes our whole outlook on the Indiana Fever.
1: Yeah, I I will say as we transition into the dream, I think that this is an advantage that both of these teams have that are rebuilding at this time. Because not only do you have these stacked draft classes, but we all think expansion, whether it be of roster spots or of additional teams, is coming sometime in the next few years. Could it be in two years? I don't know. Maybe three, four. But bottoming out now, before they add in those expansion teams that would also occupy, theoretically, a high pick, so you're not even competing with them for this, you're competing with the rest of the teams that are fighting for the playoffs when it's just you and the the dream that are competing for these bottom two spots, that's a good time to actually be – like, it's strategically a good time to be doing it. Right.
0: In a year that everybody else went up, yeah, and all in on being up, you go all in on being down. Yep, 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 yep. It's a good time. You zig when everybody else zags, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. I agree. Your yeah. team, your team, at least in terms of... My local team. My, local team, my market you're, you're team. Your in-market
1: team, yeah. Your Atlanta the, dream. The, Get us started.
0: The fantastic Atlanta dream. Well, the dreams off season started with a ton of money in free agency, a new ownership group. Or not a ownership group, a new front office group. And we all thought there was going to be fireworks. I mean, we all were thinking... Oh, what if they make a play for John claude Jones or Kalia Copper or Tina Charles or Liz Cambage? Whatever. They ain't do none of that. Diamond to Shields
1: was guaranteed to go there.
0: Yeah. Everybody thought Diamond was a lock, and they were like, we don't even want Diamond. They literally still was like, oh, we don't even want Diamond. But what they did do, secured Mo Bill Billings, got Tiana Hawkins, Megan Walker, Kia Vaughn, signed one of my favorites, Ania Coffey. Sent Kennedy to LA getting Erica Wheeler back, the 15th pick, which turned into Nas Hillman and a 2023 first next year. Which given LA and their outlook for next season, pretty darn good pull. And you draft no brainer and Ryan Howard with Nas at one and 15. I think that's a pretty good off-season, And you still kind of have a lot of flexibility going forward. You move Kennedy, who that situation has been still really muddied, but seemed like maybe the bridge wasn't as returned as we had hoped. And get a lot of players that maybe fit your, your future plans a little more. Even if they don't, they'll help you build a culture under your new group. And I would like to say they probably will be second worst in the league again. But like you said, we're set up much better down the line. And then you've got more room for Ari, who was their top pick last year to play and develop her game and show what she can do. Then you're also getting Cheyenne Parker back from her baby. So a lot of, a lot of moves made. You're looking at a very different team, but I would think that's for the best when you. Yeah.
1: I'm interested. I, I- if you would asked me after free agency, I was disappointed, right? Because we hyped it all up like it was going to be something crazy. Right. If you, but like, if you just take everything else out of it and just tell me the draft, I'm like, good Lord. But like, so it, it's very, like I, I think that now that we know the path, I like it a lot more. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. Yep, so, I
1: agree. And all jokes aside, as somebody who is a season ticket holder, if you tell me every day, even if you were – I know, obviously, Mia and Coffey and, and Eric Wheeler are people you like because they're sparks spark But if you just tell me every day that I get to come in and I get to see Aaron McDonald and Ryan Howard and Nas Hillman, I'm like, sign me up. And like we just said about the fever, I think that it is interesting. Like, we all thought that they were going to be jumping up, trying to push for the playoffs, trying to be the next big thing. Because you often see that with – like. I, I, the new ownership group that took over just before last season. Um, right. You si- you typically see teams like that just try to push all in immediately. And I actually kind of like that. They are going more of a get some real adults in the room, but also draft players. And yeah, yeah I'm excited. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're in that same Indiana boat where I don't think they're necessarily going to be very good, but I think they're going to be a ton of fun to watch.
0: Yeah. And they they didn't, really sign any ludicrous contracts even the people they did sign weren't signed to anything outrageous mm-hmm. and i thought that was really good they didn't spend the money just because they had the money
1: yeah like i think they would have done it if any of those top tier people that they probably called would have been like yeah i want to play with the number at the time three pick but when it end up being the number one pick but they weren't going to be like well Options one, two, and three backed out. Let's go with options four, five, and six. They're like, no, we don't have to spend it all this year. We'll take the chances when they come. If they don't come, then we'll stick to the plan. And I think that's signs of something very smart. I'm not surprised of that with Dan because of what he did in in Vegas. But I'm interested. What do you what do you think about the coaching situation?
0: I think it's I think uh coach Wright is a really good fit. I'm curious to see what she comes out and implements, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a really good fit from a cultural standpoint. And I think she'll do a really great job with just setting them up for the future and establishing what she wants and expects from a young team. So, again, I'm not super familiar with what she does on the court in terms of how her teams play offense or defense or anything like that. But I know enough of her to know that off the court, they will be very, I don't want to say disciplined, but there will be a lot of chemistry. There will be a high standard of expectation of action and behavior. And I think that's just as important as the X's and O's just as important. So I think, I think that's a good start for them. She seems very locked in. I've seen different clips of her from training camp so far talking and just talking about being locked in and focused and trying to build with the group and all those good things, so that's really good. Yeah, I'm I'm interested.
1: I it it really flew under the radar. Like I mean, everyone would talk about having the infamous video or what have you. But the situation was chaotic from the start. With and I'm not even going to get into all the stuff with the like Kennedy and stuff like that. It's just like you think you had a coach leave right before the season started. You didn't have a GM, so you had three coaches last year, no GM, and one of the more it felt like a lot of the season where a lot of the players were auditioning for whether it be to stay or to go somewhere else rather than actually trying to contribute the success for that team that that last season so I do think that there's going to be a level of cohesion this year that is a step up and obviously like you had an all-star last year and Courtney Williams is no longer there um one of the things we joked about last season was there was a ton of guards on there because you had uh Odyssey Sims you had Kennedy Carter you had Williams, you had all these people, and now it's. I think we're going to shift into more of a focus with Aaron, the second year Ari McDonald, which is very exciting for all of us. We, we've said it at nausea walking here that she was the best rookie per minute last year. Uh, I think she's going to get a lot more minutes this year, and it's going to be, if nothing else, exciting. So I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what the Dream do this year. And again, I, I think it's a good year to be bad, and a good couple years to be bad. So,
0: and, and I think one thing I'm looking forward to is that. Ryan will probably be on the three. So we may see Erica, Wheeler, and Ari at the one and two, and then Ryan at the three. And that's incredibly exciting. Mm-hmm. I think alongside Mo Billings and probably Cheyenne Parker, that would that's a starting five that will likely give up a lot of points. Right? Mm-hmm. And they might that may not be their starting five when mm-hmm. they there. Yeah. But um that lineup is a lineup that I'm very excited to see because I think that'll be a ton of fun. Whether it's like the idea of an Erica Wheeler and Ryan Howard pick and roll is, I I don't even know. I hate that's the what you like that's the kind of basketball you like. I mean that'll be that'll be something really and truly because, like, you do that and maybe have have Mo Billings hang around the short corner. Cheyenne Parker can stretch it a little bit, maybe move her on out and then run a decoy for Airy or something. I mean, there's just – the options are limitless. They actually have a lot of different offensive talent that I think could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Then you add in Nas Hillman, who, while I think it'll take her some time to figure out what her role is in this league, she's going to come in play hard and play with a lot of energy. And if nothing else, she's going to play defense and rebound, even if the offense – you know, you gotta figure out where it's at. It's like you said, they, they may not be much better than last year, but they are I think they're gonna be a ton of fun mm-hmm. going forward. And and one thing I've liked that I've seen so far, just being um in the state and not as social city as it once was, but just being around people and seeing people, they're actually putting Ryan and Nas everywhere. That's exciting. Like they have a billboard over I think it's on 285, the perimeter around Atlanta with Ryan Howard on it. And I think they have one on 85 too, but I'm not certain. And they were on the radio this morning. They're doing all these different like things with them. Those are just some I've seen so far, but that is already a level of effort and investment that we don't always see. We don't always see in, in, with all due respect to both of these ladies, they're not players that necessarily have that pull without a little bit of extra effort. Like Asia Wilson, everybody knew Asia Wilson, whether you were in the women's basketball space or not, or Candace Parker, everybody, Maya Moore, like they don't have that, but they still have incredible personalities, incredible energies that should be, promoted and marketed and are being promoted and marketed within the first two weeks of them being on this team. And I, for one, am incredibly excited about that because that not only is important for growing the game and the team, but those are your, those are your two cornerstones from this year. and I think could be your two cornerstones going forward. And I don't know if it's Renee's doing as a former player or whose choices this is, but I think the
1: combination of Renee and Dan, and there's obviously a lot of other people involved, but you've seen Renee on the court and then, or sorry, on the court as a player and then off the court with all of our other ventures. And then Dan building up the Aces. And I know he has other, but the Aces, like you've seen that these are are people that know how to build a successful, if not basketball product, which they've both done also, but just a successful, like marketable product. And I think that this is a
0: different, you're entering a different era for them. And
1: I think that's very exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm really excited about what's what's happening in Atlanta, both on the court and then the optics around it are equally as important. I think they're looking equally as good so far. The rare positive
1: dream outlook, which is, I like if nothing else, I think that for these two teams, because I think they're in a different class than the rest of the teams we're going to be talking about, whether it be this week or going forward, but. If you're not somebody that, like us, is going to watch every team every night, which we're sick of, we'll probably watch almost every every team every night. You'll be like, well, those are the bottom two teams in the league again. They suck. Nothing's changed. And It's like, if you look in, see, I I don't think these teams are going to look anything similar, whether it be on the core product or plan going forward. I think they finally are starting to figure it out. And it's – I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying not, but definitely get it right. But I do think that both –
0: feel substantially more secure right. from where they
1: were a year ago,
0: which I'm I'm excited for. There There's a lot more predictability already. Yes. I guess is what I would say. Which is – these are two of the least predictable teams from the last year. Right. So the so. bar was kind of low, but they, they knocked it out of the park. Yeah. The Washington Mystics. Our favorite draft pick.
1: Oh, my gosh, man. I'm so excited. I, <laughs> I like I obviously picked my team and I would I don't really think I'd switch to the Mystics even if, but I'm so excited to watch this team just because I want to watch Shakira Austin. Uh I think that I don't think she's necessarily even gonna play the time. I think she's going to be like the seventh or eighth person up, like on like in the rotation, but I think she's gonna be fascinating to watch. <laughs> I it's just we shared the things today with um media day and like showing the 2019 team basically not all of them but being back together which was kind of exciting because if they're healthy they're this is still a very good team i don't know if they'll ever be healthy again that was kind of the issue all last year right was that well if they are all good on the court at the same time there's three people from team usa and this is a team that should be able to beat anybody and for a while they did look like they could beat anybody they just wouldn't right so who knows with elena del don we're gonna get ariel atkins and alicia clark and. Mike Shines-Allen, Natasha Cloud, there's a lot of talent on this team for a team that feels like they're going to be struggling to hope to make the playoffs. And that's where I'm like torn with my Shakira Austin love because I think she could be a star and I don't know if she'll even really get minutes. And I don't think that's like the typical thing about we don't play rookies. This team is theoretically loaded, at least in the starting five. And a lot of teams don't really go like 10 deep or anything like that, right? But they might have to because with health concerns and things like that. And also I do think sooner rather than later, Austin is going to force her way into the lineup because she seems ready to work. If she ever adds a three point shot and she can start the floor a little bit, watch out, but she's already like just a physical force down low. So I think she can play well on both sides of the ball. I do think she can kind of alleviate some of the stresses. I, Elizabeth Williams is not my favorite player. It just, I, I've never completely bought into the hype that a lot of other people do, but here I do think she does fit well. I think that was a really cool signing for them because it does add something, but it wouldn't shock me if they're actually competing for minutes by the midway point of the season, because I do think Shakira Austin can be that impressive, but try to tell me that I'm not supposed to be this high on her and tell me what else I like about the mystics.
0: I was going to say, I have an even hotter tape. Oh, let's go. Yeah. I think Shakira Austin will be competing for minutes off the jump. Ooh. And here's why, right? Respectfully to Elizabeth Williams, good player, great defensive player. Her offense is very, That's yes, what I was it is not where it really should be. Shakira Austin has a, a very dynamic offensive game. It, compared to Elizabeth Williams, she's no BG or Liz Campaigns in her first year in the league, but she's better than Elizabeth Williams on that end. And I do think that defensively her impact can be the same. Even if you, even if she doesn't get a lot of blocks, I think the rebounding will be right there. Mm-hmm. And on this team, you have the perimeter defenders in place to really make it easier on her as a rookie to acclimate to playing defense as a big. Given that, and she's a little taller, you get you get two X inches of height and you know, Coach T's apparent love affair with her as a player. I wouldn't be surprised if she is either like sixth woman straight off the rip or coming for those minutes right off the jump. Really and truly. Because they need an infusion like that. And I know they signed Elizabeth Williams this offseason. I know that was a big deal, and I do think it's a great fit. But you have Elizabeth Williams, Megan Gustafson, and Shakira Austin, and that's theoretically your center rotation because I don't see another player that's listed as a forward that can play the center position, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And to me, even as a rookie, Sierra Austin's the best of those three coming in.
1: So are you ready for actually the hot take that I've been?
0: You think she's day one starter? No, no, no.
1: Um, oh. It's hotter, but different. I will couch it in that if she gets the minutes. Because if she gets the minutes, this was the Pretty issue that I had when making the pick last year. And it ended up coming back to bite. Maybe you know what I'll just say if Shakira Austin gets a minute, she's gonna be the rookie of the year. I think she's gonna come out and have the best year of any of these rookies. I think that while Ryan Howard's scoring prowess may outshine her, I do think that she will be right there in terms of if she gets time, I think she will have the benefit of playing with like what you're seeing. And again, I make the cross league comparisons because to me they're equal, not because I think that it's necessary to diminish or put up or whatever. But you're seeing with these rookies in the NBA this year, whether it be Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley, that they are benefiting from playing with these other stars on the team because they're able to come in and thrive in their role. If you put Shakira Austin in and she's able to play in her role with these other stars, she is going to be a problem. Like, Thanks. it's just she was a problem this year with Ole Miss with a team that, let's be honest, does not have a lot of talent. Like, there's, okay. there's a reason why they don't typically get people drafted. I think she's only the second player drafted from Ole Miss in the last 20 years. Look at those names that I mentioned, Bailey. There's a there's multiple Team U.S. like Olympians on this team, not just like All Star like Olympians. And I think that if she is able to beat out these players for minutes early on, I, I just I don't see it. Like I, I know that it, it's very. I, I think that Ryan Howard would be the betting favorite right now because she is going to be given the keys from day one. If you give the keys to Shakira, I think she's right there. I I, I do think she's legitimately that good.
0: And I, and I think it begs the question, if both players have an equal impact, you know, it's kind of like we talked about in the group chat a couple of times with Ja Morant, Trey Young, et cetera. But if they have equal impact and one team just happens to be better than the other, would that be held against her?
1: I don't typically think that rookie of the year should matter with winning, but just because typically if you're a high-level rookie, you are drafted into a poor situation. I agree. But – if it's a tiebreaker, I think it matters. And I do think that there is a chance that Shakira Austin has a very comparable resume while also pushing for a playoff seed. Whereas yes. I, we think that Ryan could be I, – I don't think that Atlanta or Indiana will be pushing for anything other than lottery balls. And I do think right. the Mystics will end up missing the playoffs, but I do think that they will be competing most of the way. And if Shakira Austin is able to – put up a similar resume while also like on a team where the, the teams they're playing after locked in every night, then I think that that goes somewhere towards a tiebreaker. So that's, I'll, I know, like, I don't think most people will pick her up, but that's, I, I legitimately believe that she had a chance for a few here You think
0: the Mystics makes the playoffs?
1: Well, yes, because Why? I think the team, that, what? Why? How many teams do you think are going to fall out from last year? I guess is my question.
0: Because to I, me, it's probably one. I don't think it's necessarily another team falling out of the playoff. I think the Mystics are going to force their way into the playoffs. Sure, sure,
1: sure. Okay. Well, I, I don't necessarily mean that in that regard. I just mean like if you tell me that – okay, we, I mean we can go through it, right? I think that – Vegas. Vegas. I think Connecticut. Connecticut. Even though I'm down on Connecticut from last year, I still think they're a playoff team, obviously. Chicago. Chicago. Phoenix. LA. Don't you even sit here and pause on Phoenix with me? There. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm oh, okay. I'm I thought not. the look on your face. I was like, he's not going to sit here. And yeah, uh, LA, Phoenix. Phoenix. I think. Oh, that's what I'm saying because I think LA is a playoff team, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, I don't think there's a doubt about that either.
0: You're going to tell see. me
1: I, I would pick Seattle to make it over
0: Washington, but I think they have some of the similar some similar concerns. They did. I see where they won't have Mercedes Russell for the first little bit. Coming straight out the gate, they have a really hard schedule. They can so similar, get, yeah. Similar concern. Okay, you they, know, I think they get behind early. I mean, it's not impossible. Uh, when I when Dallas I when I made is, I my when I made my statement, I was thinking Seattle or Dallas, and I maybe think, both. I, I think Dallas is out. I do. Okay. I think I New think New York, York is, is still in. Yes. So to me, and I think i think dallas or seattle and realistically i could see dallas and seattle
1: okay can we talk about the elephant in the room too there's a very solid chance minnesota doesn't make it i
0: don't care how high people are on
1: that team i think that you know call. you're missing almost the entirety of the season if not the entire season probably the entire season because she's slated to give birth at the end of may that team's also vulnerable i don't care that it sells last season or what or that cheryl reeve is a a wizard we saw them have to Make all these weird moves last year with their salary cap, and they're gonna to have to do it again this year. I, I still think that Seattle and Minnesota are better than Washington because I doubt Washington's health.
0: I'm going to agree to disagree. Okay, well, and no. I have I and it, and it, I'm not gonna to try to change your mind because I don't think you have like I don't think your logic is faulty at all. If your logic was faulty, I would definitely try to argue with you. But no, I have. No problem with that. I'm just going to agree to disagree. I think the Mystics are pretty firmly a six through eight seed.
1: Okay. Well, I I would I would love to be wrong. You know how I feel about Yeah.
0: I mean I I just hear Natasha Cloud saying how hype she is feeling and talking about she's a dog coming out of AU. I hear Elena Deladon who I've seen these clips on Twitter of her speaking to the media, It sounds very confident in her health and where she's at. I think about Myesha Hines Allen and her being able to play a different role without Tina Charles, Errol Atkins coming off of Olympic year and a great year for her. And then they've got good depth. I mean, yeah. you look at, you know, I don't know where Alicia Clark is, whether she's a sixth woman or she's a starter, but wherever she is, she's going to make an impact. Shakira Austin, as we touched on, Tiana Hawkins coming off a very strong AU performance. I I really like this. The thing that I think
1: they're going to be on the outside looking in is not really, I don't mean there's a slight because, Even when I say that, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Like, and we'll get into them next week. I think they're better than Dallas, and like, I I think that. But I think that Dallas may be the tenth best team in the league, not necessarily the eighth. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at. Right. You're saying six to eight. I would probably say somewhere between. I know we're not. I would probably say. I'm being pedantic, I guess you could say, but I'm being. I'm somewhere seven to nine, but it's like fifty-one percent at nine, and then forty-nine percent at seven or eight, and that's just because we saw how underwhelming they could be without um, Alain Del Don. And we saw that, yes, we think Alicia Clark will be back, but I, the Achilles is no joke. So those are two big swing
0: pieces that I think I just want to see before I bet on it. No, I, I understand. I mean, I'm I'm not, like I so said, I don't think you're crazy for that by any means, but was Alicia Clark's injury a, just a, it was just a, a bone injury, wasn't it? It wasn't Achilles. I,
1: I, th- I, I really thought it was an Achilles.
0: I think it was just a a, a Lee Frank injury. It's pretty common. I think that's the same thing CB had. Yeah, it's uh, a type of injuries to bones or ligaments in the middle part of your foot.
1: Oh, no, I know what the Lisfranc Frank injury is. I, for whatever yeah. reason, I thought that – I don't know why I thought Alicia tore or Achilles. Rumping well, her in with her, teammate on, her former teammate on Seattle. My bad.
0: Yeah, no, you're good, but I—that's why I don't. I'm more questioning No, that means a lot more But um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I you look at other teams around the league, and maybe they have more star power or more top-tier names. But in terms of depth, no, they're healthy. Like, they're and 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 you got players that have been playing together for a minute. You've got great leadership and the coaching staff, and I just I really. Like if I was a betting man and there was a bet for Mystics in or out of the playoffs, I would bet in. Well, but, you are a betting man.
1: You just don't win very often. So, hey
0: man, look, we're not gonna <laughs> get into that. We're not gonna get into that. You're gonna, you're not gonna come from my neck. I'm gonna act like I ain't hear that. But, let's get into your Sparks. Yeah, let's, let's let's get in. Let's get in. Let's go to L.A. My beloved L.A. Sparks. What an off season it was. Mm-hmm. I was originally pretty. Confused about what they would do. I didn't think the team would look a lot different. I didn't think there was a lot of ways to make the team look different. And I also have changed my opinion on this now. But I strongly doubted GM Derek Fisher. Still doubt head coach GM Derek Fisher. But GM Derek Fisher, he did his thing in this offseason. Let's think about it. Re-sign We signed Lauren Cox. Love those two moves. Love those two players. We had gotten Gabby Williams last year and then somehow flipped her into Katie Lou Samson, which the results of that are to be determined because I think Gabby's going to have a phenomenal year, and I was very excited to see her play. Overseas MVP. But the financial repercussions from that and then also trading Erica Wheeler for Kennedy Carter, opened up the room to sign coveted free agent Liz Cambage, who had been wanting to be a spark from the day she stepped in the W. And while it was originally very not for, I don't know, anti maybe being too strong, but not for signing Liz, when they got Kennedy, that made me more comfortable getting Liz because I felt that Coming into it, getting Liz would have made us too post-centric without enough perimeter creation to offset it. Funny getting, you should say that. Yeah, getting Kennedy and Katie Lou by extension not only opened up this opened up the the cap, but I also think it opened up the floor and the fit to be much better. Then you also added in Jordan Canada, Lexi Brown, then a really good draft with. Ray Burrell and Kiana Smith and Olivia Nelson-Nedota and Amy Atwell, all of which who have received praise from Derek Fisher so far in training camp. We're looking at a completely different team, and I think it is a completely different set of expectations, but I also think those expectations will be met. So this might be my
1: second hot take of the pod. Um... I'll again. I'll couch it if Necca's healthy, but if you listen to when we drafted the bracket, you know that I'm pretty high on NECA coming into this year. I think this is a top four seed. I think that this team fits so much better. I think the depth is insane. If because like you're looking at players that had to be like your third or fourth best players last year, now like your key reserves. I think that if if and maybe this is also me betting on County because I'm a big believer in County. But, like, it's not even just Kennedy because I think Jordan Canada can step in and be adequate, or one of the rookies could maybe step in and be adequate. But you have a league MVP in NECA. You have Liz Cambage, who was an all-star last year, and if she's locked in, awesome. Uh, Freddie Sykes was a defensive player of the year candidate. Amanda B is your, like, ninth player is absurd. It's just I, – I I think that there is so much to like about this team. I understand your qualms with Derek Fisher, the coach – but at the end of the day, and I know that some of this is also leads into Derek Fisher, the GM, but it doesn't matter if you and know I like him, those players love him. And we've seen so many situations where that goes so far. And I think uh, even you and I, who are pretty team Kennedy, and I, 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 I now that you've come around more to Liz being their team Liz, we can admit that there are some combustible personalities in this situation. I think that having a coach that you love and respect, goes a long way in that regard. And having a voice in a locker room and NECA goes a long way in that regard. And a beloved teammate, Amanda Zowie B., who seems like everyone's best friend, goes a long way in that regard. I, I think that – I think this team's going to be very good. I, I I think they established a defensive identity last year and now you had so much offensive firepower that there's a chance that this is a team cont- contending for a title this year.
0: Yeah, and, you know, you touched on the way the players respect Fisher as a coach and – my qualms with him mostly lie on the court. Off the court, everything seems very good. He's established a great culture. I've heard multiple players who, like Ania Coffee, who kind of revitalized her career and talked about the culture he had in place. I have, I really only have issues with him as an X's and O's coach more than anything at this point. Um, I do think he needs to improve in that regard. And I'm holding, out hope that he will, right? But as a GM and as a culture setter off the court, like those are things that he's been very, very good at. And it's taken me a while to really kind of give him that credit, but I also had to co- I had to see it. You know, I had to see it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can admit where I was biased or wrong on that. I have no problem doing that because I was. I really was. I thought it would be a dumpster fire. They- and you know I was with you. You know I did not lie. I, I was yeah. right on board making the jokes about him
1: as a coach and all yeah. that stuff. And I think he does still have to prove some of the coaching things, but I do think he is. I think last year you know you could tell that he had come a long way in that regard as well, because yeah. while the offensive X's and O's left want to be desired, you know what else did? So did the roster after NECA went down and Sinead went right. down. So right. I, I don't think that's all entirely on his coaching. Like, yes, you would like it to be better and you'd like it to adjust, but I think that it's it's hard for me to say this is the most talented team that he's had because you know, two years ago we had Kenneth Parker and Chelsea Gray and Raquan Williams and Mecca Gumake but
0: this is not that far off. It's I, the, I might make the case that it is. You think it, you think it's far off? No, I might make the case that this is the most talented team.
1: Yeah, I, I like the fact that it's even a conversation is just, it, it, like. I, I told you last week on the pod, and I'm going to say it for the rest of the season. I think he is the executive of the year, unless something changes. Because I think what he did with this to build this team into, it, like, I don't think enough people are talking about the legitimate title contender this season. Yeah, and, I'm, a, and, I'm a fan of the Connecticut Sun. I think they're better than the Connecticut Sun this year. And, like, and I just, I,
0: think, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, no, 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 no. I'm just, I, I'm
1: rambling because I don't even know how to describe what I like. I, I legitimately think that this could be. The only teams that I'm confident that I, that will be better than them are – and I'm not even confident in Phoenix because of the, the Griner situation. If Griner was here, I think that I would be confident that Phoenix would be better than them, and I'm confident that Chicago is better. Other than that,
0: I'm not 100% sold on anybody else being better than them. It's interesting those two teams you named because without BG, I'm not as good no, as no. Phoenix. But I, I was also thinking about it as well, and, like – and, again, it, it's such a – Tough subject to touch on. I really don't want to sound like I'm not worried about Britney or anything like that. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that we don't know when or if she'll be back. Yeah. And that'll be hanging over as long as she is gone. But opening up the post for Tina Charles is not a bad fallback option whatsoever. No. And Again, I don't know how this will be received. I don't mean to be that guy, but looking forward at what's in front of us, they're still going to be really good.
1: I mean, that's all we can do, right? Is look forward.
0: That being said, I'm still not sold on them as a title contender, but I do think they will be a great regular season team. Chicago, I'm not, I think they may be a better team, but I don't know if they'll have a better record. So I don't know if they'll have a higher seed. And then another team that comes to mind for me is still Vegas.
1: Yeah, I really like Vegas. I, but, I'm but i just – maybe – and it's probably irrational, but I'm hedging my bets against Becky because I do think – I love Becky and I think Becky's going to be very good. Do I know that she's going to be very good this year? I'm not sure. And I do think that, like, we are all pretty completely bought into Asia at the
0: five, right? For spot minutes, not full time.
1: Who's there? Who's the, who, who's going to be there? Five that plays the most minutes time.
0: That is a great question. That I don't know the answer to because and I've wondered been, about that rotation at the same time.
1: And that's, and that's where my concern is because even if so, like you said, even if Phoenix doesn't have BG, they have Tina Charles, and I know that she's not a traditional center necessarily, but she's going to body you down there. And whether and LA has size now, and Chicago has size. And Connecticut has size. So that's just like I think it's going to work, but I think that they are their roster is constructed in a way that they have to be more dependent on it. More regularly than I am comfortable with. So that's that that's why I meant I don't mention them necessarily as higher. But would it would, would it surprise me if they were better than them in the regular season? No. But I I the, the, the point of the end of it is I think this or this Sparks
0: team is Extremely threatening. Yes, no, I agree. I think I think these sparks will easily be a top four or five seed without really any type of trouble. Uh to to speak to your question about the aces, I just looked up who they've got on roster, and obviously this is not final, but mm-hmm. they've got Kalani Brown. Great AUC great season looking to maybe reestablish footing in the W. They've got Nancy Mulkey at training camp, who is six foot nine, rookie, but still at training camp. Kia Stokes. And then they used their draft pick on Faustine Afua from yeah, yeah. So those are the four players listed as centers on their roster. And then obviously, I do think it's Possible, I think a great alternate lineup for spot minutes. And when I say spot minutes, I'm thinking twelve ish a game would feature Asia at the five and De'er can Handle at the four.
1: I, lo- I lo- you know I love that you know I'm on the right. I'm on the same page. But against these teams that are able to throw like legitimate size against you for the entirety of the game, it makes me nervous.
0: Yes, I don't I don't like the idea of running it for the full game, especially against a Liz or even a Tina or, you know, any anybody of that nature. I wouldn't even like it against a team like the Liberty who are heavy on the PNR and things like that. So I, I really I really like it as an alternate lineup to use to establish momentum or shift the momentum or go on a run. And I do think if it works, then maybe you could see it longer term. But I don't think it's a full game lineup. I don't think that is a good expectation. I don't think that's best for Asia's career and her health. So we'll see what, what Becky thinks. But that, that's my personal opinion. That being said, to your point, their their center rotation is – a bit questionable. Now, let like so we'll team to that what would we'll, end up
1: nabbing Amanda Zowie B if she's one of the players that's not able to stick in L.A. because you have to assume that eventually somebody, something's going to have to give.
0: But that's down the line. Something's absolutely got to give. And I really, have, again, I've said it before, like, does L.A. trade AZB? I think she's on like, the list of people that you could see getting moved. But also, someone pointed out to me that she doesn't start on her overseas team. So I actually don't know how big of a deal that is to her because I didn't know that. I, I just um, assume she did. That's interesting. Yeah, I knew they had a good team over there, but I didn't know she didn't start. So maybe it's not as big of a deal as I'm making it. Maybe she's – I do think if she is not the starting big, she's probably first off the bench, whether that's six or seven. Um, But it's just a lot, a lot for L.A. And we didn't even touch on future Sparks MVP. Garante is like that's that's what I mean
1: like this team is I, I'm so excited for what this team is going to be and I feel like not like, even though you're a fan of them we don't talk about them a ton like throughout last season they were one of the best defensive teams in the league and Arella was dope but we didn't talk about them a lot and I think that that's going to change this year because I do think they're going to be one of the more fun teams to talk about I think they're going to be entirely different looking. But if everything clicks, I think they're one of the most volatile, dangerous teams in the league. But Yeah,
0: and I, and I think one of the things that makes them different, going back to what we talked about, Derek Fisher, he has been so adamant about valuing all 12 roster spots throughout his career. Yeah. And that is something, especially this year, that a lot of teams seem to be kind of differing in opinion on, going for the super stack top eight type thing, and then just filling in with vet men's or rookies or whatever that's not going to be the sparks. And again, this is DM Derek Fisher side. And I agree with that. I appreciate that, especially for a smaller league that I want to see have as much growth and security for these ladies playing. So I agree with him 100% on that. And I'm curious to see how that affects this training camp because they have a ton of players at training camp. I think they have 17 or 19, like some, some really high number. And I do think of the four draft picks, I think all of them could make a case for being on the final roster, even over some of the players that are in training camp. Yeah. And since he values all 12, I think that would be beneficial for both parties to have a rookie or two down there, especially when, you know, he was asked And I've talked about it on here before, the the kind of height gap on the wing. A Ray Burrell at 6'1", who can shoot the mess out of the ball and do a lot of different little guard things with that size, will be a tremendous value even for just a little bit of time in each game. And also, as a rookie, you're getting her feet set and established in the league. Kiana Smith, same thing. Olivia Nelson, adoda 6'5", defensive center budding offensive game don't know if she would have as many opportunities as those players but given the injuries and things that happened last year is never a bad thing to have big depth and then amy atwell i said i don't know a whole lot about her i know a little bit more about her now and she's right in there in the same same boat add something on the wing she's kind of similar to I'm not really sure who our player comp will be. I started that sentence before I thought it through, but just a really good shooter can catch and shoot, can do a little shot creation. And you know, that's that's very valuable. So I would love to be and hopefully one day will be at LA training camp because I feel like this one is a slaughterhouse. Yeah. And I mean that in a good like it's a good one, like it's a no, good you want the team competitive to be to environment that you're really having to put your best foot forward to try to earn that spot. And I get the feeling that everybody is pushing for that. And I think one thing I get a vibe I get from Derek Fisher is that he's encouraging that. Like I saw a picture from them earlier and it was one of the rookies matched up against Brittany Sykes in a one-on-one. And I'm just like, that's a madman for yeah. even setting that up. But those are those are great reps. Like that's great you're reps. You're going up against. you're, you're not going to get tough in that. Right. Like you're going against the best perimeter defender in the league in your first your second day as a professional athlete to, on the clock. I should say as a professional athlete, like, buddy, like that's maniacal. But those are the things you need. Those are the, I don't want to say bumps and bruises, but that's all part of the process. And I I think their training can like if they televise their training camp, that would be a sight to see. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure.
0: Well that about does it for this week.
1: We went longer than expected.
0: Yeah, but but I you know it's always fun to No I back.
1: know. I'm just not I'm not used to it being this long with just the two of us. Yeah, but I think we did really well with that. So next week we will be back. And I guess if this is something of a production meeting on air as I am want to do every once in a while how do you want to handle these
0: previous from here on out? Do you want to do
1: by order of standings or do you want to do by order of elimination?
0: I say we just keep going order of standings. Cool. So the
1: next week will be New York, the Dallas wings, the Chicago sky and the Phoenix Mercury. That's
0: quite the group,
1: right? That's like, that's how I was, that's why I asked about the order of elimination. And I'm fine with it this way. It's just, it's interesting when you think of it, it's the first two teams knocked out and then the, the last two teams standing. So, yeah, next week should be fun. It'll be it'll it'll be fun to kind of. We've already talked about a couple of teams making a leap into the playoffs, and I think that we both obviously will have one of those teams next week falling out. So, yeah, a lot to talk about next week. Uh, what, what what is the pod dropping later this week? It's the last of your interviews. That's
0: my last interview with Carolyn Smalls and basketball chess
1: our good old friends from
0: a former, a former life coming back to grace us with their presence. Yeah. They're, shout out to those two. They were a ton of fun. And Carolyn was messaging me earlier about how she's listened to all of my stuff and she's worried that theirs won't live up to it. And I'm just like, nah, y'all's just going to be fine. So
1: well, as somebody who wants to get like them in terms of working one day, like that kind of work, I can't wait to listen to it. I, I think yeah. that, if, if, if film clipping and film watching and stuff like that is something you're into, then they are people to aspire to be. So definitely look forward to that interview later in the week.
0: Yeah, they're phenomenal. They are super cool. Love love talking, both of them, and always try to support them. If you're wondering who we're talking about, they're over at Her Hoop Stats now. It's Coach underscore Smalls and Basketball Chess on Twitter. You can find them over there. So. Well, while you're
1: at it, you can find us at I'll let past BB on Twitter. Myself at Politoad Hoops. Polytoad is the Pokemon, so you should know what it is at this point. That's basically who I am.
0: Uh, Bailey, why don't you plug your Twitter? Oh, we haven't plugged Twitter in a minute. My Twitter is at sir underscore Richmond20 on Twitter. Uh, follow at your own risk. I mean, it's not that risky all the time. No, nah, no, 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 I've calmed down a lot. Calmed
1: down a lot. So we're getting What's into the video good video? times like we're Gross. we're we're both doing a lot of work with the NBA MNBA playoffs going on right now bailey's tone on the graphic game i'm exhaustively writing previews and i got some One of the cool things that's coming up soon is I'm going to be trying to time them. I'm a little bit behind because of everything going on with the playoffs, but I'm going to be doing a, I mentioned earlier in the plot of feature series on profiling one player for each W team coming into the season. So definitely look forward to those. And like I said, catch Bailey's interview later in the week. We'll be back next week with another round of previews.